How's everyone doing today? Yeah, what's today? Drunk or treat, Halloween, Frida's birthday, Frida's birthday, Reformation Day. I mean, the list goes on and on of great things that are happening today. We won't try to cover them all in one service. Uh, right, Frida? It, you know, it's your birthday week or month, right? You don't, you don't just have a day. That's good. Um, turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Uh, we are in our study of the book of Colossians, and I would like to read to you the first half chapter as we look at uh, Colossians. Hope you're enjoying this study. Uh, it's something that is encouraging to me as well as challenging for me to get my eyes off myself and think about how great our God has been to us in Christ. Please stand in honor of God's word as I read. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love that you have for all the saints. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed the whole world it is bearing fruit and growing, as it also does among you, uh, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that God, asking that you will be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God, as we look at this amazing passage, Lord, I pray that we would find the riches that are found in you and you alone, that we would be challenged, that your spirit would be our teacher, that we would be uh, not found as beggars, but as uh, ones who have the riches of the King. And God, thank you for the opportunity to be before you and your word this morning. I thank you for the prompts of our uh, music that we have just thought through, the grace of the gospel. Uh, God, we ask that you would help us to see clearly your word this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> It is great to know Christ, and you can too. 
In fact, for just three easy payments of $49.95, I won't ask this morning if any of you have bought something off the television or three easy payments. Uh, back when I was uh, growing up, I used to really be interested in Ginsu knives. And the way they would go with those commercials is they would first show you the knives and then they'd say, but wait, there's more. And uh, they would add the, the steak knives and then they would add the little potato thing that went like this and made your potatoes uh, go in this really cool curly cue thing. Or maybe for you, it was the best of the Bee Gees or something like that. It's come up and they start playing the songs and you say, hey, that's part of my upbringing. I remember, oh, wouldn't it be great to have that on CD? Or maybe for you, it's the Snuggie, you know, <laughs> Christmas is coming and some of you are going, the cold winters of Bear Valley and, and you're like, I really need a Snuggie. By the way, no men wear a Snuggie, okay? I just want to point that out. Would you stop it already? I'm not even sure women should be wearing a Snuggie. Anyways, I, I share that with you this morning and, and you realize that that is uh, uh, just a poor introduction to the goodness and the gospel and the riches of what we have in Christ. I want to tell you that as I, as I watch things like that on TV, um, growing up in a good family where they raised me well, uh, I always think there's a catch and it's not worth it. They're, they're sucking me in and I do get sucked in. I'm like, man, maybe I do need that. And yet I always know it's a waste of money and I'm, I'm going to get suckered in the end. Some people feel that way about the gospel, about the gospel. And this morning as we look, I... I, I'm also a sucker of lists. I don't know if you do this when you see an ad or, or, or a, a news article and it says five be- best places to live or the six greatest. I, I love the numbers and just going through that. I love that. This morning, we're doing five five riches that we have in Christ. Five riches and really that God gave us in Christ, that the Father gave us in Christ. And that's from Colossians chapter 1. This morning, I, I feel um, unfit to share the riches of the gospel with you. Not because my week was particularly any different than any other week. But as I, as I look at the scriptures and I see what we have in Christ, I, I don't feel like I can talk about one point, more or less five. And these words, that I, there's really just words that I'm going to share. But these words hold in individually, just an overwhelming grace that we have. That's found that God loved us so much that He gave His Son. And, and He gave His Son in such a way that we would have these things. And I, I, I just warn you, I won't do it justice. And uh, we will have much to learn at the end of our time as well as at the beginning. In Colossians chapter 1, we have been going through uh, a, really a prayer of Paul for this church that he loves, though he doesn't know that well. He knows through the reports, probably from Epaphras and others, of what has gone on. And he's praying for them, and he cares about them. And, and you'll remember, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, that he is constantly focusing on God when he prays for them. 
He is asking God to do a work in them. He's praising God for what he's already done in them. And I, I really think that, that that is a key for us as a church, that we always remember, we always remember, if anything good happens because of Bear Valley Church, God is the one doing it. That if someone says, you know, I, I've been going to the women's ministry and it's changed my life. It wasn't because of the great women of Bear Valley Church, though they are great. But it's because of what God has done. You think of uh, a change of life of maybe someone from the youth ministry and they can give testimony that they were heading down the wrong path. They didn't know of the gospel and they come to know Christ and they grow to love and honor him. And you say, oh, what a great, it's a great God. And he is the one who does the work. I think of even our WANA program and even tonight, where it's a big deal. Trunk or treat's a big deal. You know, it's like Ringling Brothers coming to town, especially for Bear Valley. Uh, hey, you can talk about what's gone on. I can think, of, I'm looking at some of you that God has used a WANA in your life, but it is not a WANA, it is God. He is the one who makes a change in the life of anyone who has really changed. And that's what Paul's been talking about. That's what he's been praying. He's been focusing on God. And now he talks about, last week we really ended up in thanksgiving. In verse 12 he says, giving thanks to the Father. Giving thanks to the Father. As he talks about what he is praying for. He says he's giving thanks. And then we come to really why it goes back to the Father once again. In the middle of verse 12, we left off in the middle of 12. He says, Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light? My first point, my really, uh, the, the first of five is inheritance. Inheritance. I think of so many things when I think of inheritance, but uh, it matters. Everyone likes the idea of inheritance, by the way, right? Yeah? You like it when people like you and give you stuff, right? Lots of stuff, right? We like to get stuff. And the idea of having someone care about you so much that they leave you with an inheritance, that's a good thing. It matters how rich they are, though, right? It does, right? Some of you say, no, I just care, you know. Uh, you know, just th- that old junk that my grandmother has, I'm just so thankful to have that in my garage right now. <laughs> Inheritance, it, it, it's a, a correlation to the riches. And, and this is what is so hard for me to grasp as we look at this passage. God's people, God's people, the saints, the saints, have all the Father's blessings, all the riches of the universe, of all that we can, more than we can fathom. And all that God gives us, He gives to His children and the saints. And this, He says, we're thankful. Why? Because He has qualified us to have an inheritance with the saints. You say, well, I already knew that. Well, if you say it like that, you're too used to the fact that you have an inheritance with the saints. You think through the gospel, and the gospel says that you are not a part of God's people. You are lost in your sins. 
And then he made you. He, he brought you into his family. And what he starts out with is really the end. And he says, you have an inheritance of the saints. He says, you are qualified. You are qualified. Sometimes it's hard for us to uh, get, get the idea of being qualified to have an inheritance. What do you have to be in this scenario? You have to be a child of God. How did that happen? God did a work in your life through Jesus. And that qualified you. It made you one who is a part of the inheritance of the Father. I think about that and that's hard for us to imagine. I was talking to a a friend of mine uh, up in Petaluma. And he was talking about the cost of college. Uh, He had four kids and uh, his youngest or his oldest was coming up to the place where she was thinking through college and how that was. And he says, look, he says, I'm not a landowner nor a son of a landowner. And I, I thought, I said, what does he mean by that? He owns his house. And he says, do any of us really own our house? You know, those mortgage things, they, it makes you feel like you own it. But when you really look at it, you really don't own a whole lot, right? And, and the idea, what he was telling me, especially up in where we lived in, in Petaluma, there's generations of people. There's generations that live in the same area. They, some of them own huge pieces of land. And so the, these, these people, they say, well, you know, I, I may not be much. I may not have a lot now. But once I'm in line to have this huge piece of property, I own this. Our family owns these beautiful homes that are hundreds of years old. And you think, you think I'm in line to get that. And he's like, I'm not in line to get anything. I, I don't have this, this great, I'm not part of this family of great wealth. And the reality is in Christ, we may have never been a part of great riches. But in Christ, we have an inheritance that sets us up for riches beyond compare, beyond compare. The inheritance that we're qualified for, the inheritance that we have a portion because of what Christ has done in our life. There is uh, plenty of personal application this morning, and I'll try to sprinkle it in as we go, but this morning I've been thinking a lot about being depressed after we look at this passage. And there's no way possible. There's no way possible. Do you guys have a a lot of money? Do you guys have a lot of money? Not too many of us here have a lot of money, right? And sometimes when we look at the checkbook or we look at our living situation and we go, my life's terrible. You know, health care's going up and taxes are going up and bills are going up and so I'm going down. <laughs> you say, oh, it's tough being me. It's tough being me. Oh, man, I can't stand it. You know, and, and while you're, you're thinking this through, you're burning the dinner, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, we need another dinner now. You know, it's easy for us to get depressed about life. It's to walk around going, looking at other people and thinking their, their lives are perfect and that they have it all. But I want to tell you, if you have an inheritance that's found in Christ and Christ alone, given to you by the Father, where He, he gave His own beloved Son, 
that you have riches beyond compare. And that for us to walk around hanging our heads like a beggar is wrong. It's really insane, isn't it? It's the idea of we've lost our minds. We've lost touch with reality. Because the reality is we're, we share an inheritance of his saints, of his people. We're one of his children. And for us to be depressed is to miss, to miss the true riches that we have in Christ. See? How do we talk about that even, right? How can you get your mind around that kind of inheritance? My second point this morning, verse 13, is deliverance. He says this, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. As I read that, I I think, what is the domain of darkness? It sounds like a good Halloween movie or something like that, right? The domain of darkness. Or a video game, I don't know. Um, The domain of darkness. You get this picture. the, The idea is, domain is the idea of being encircled in darkness, being stuck there in darkness. And this is a description of our life apart from Christ. What's hard for us when we think about this, for some of us, I'll say it this way, for some of us, we have never truly gotten an accurate picture of our life apart from Christ. You know, living in Tehachapi's, it's it's great living, isn't it? The land of four seasons. It's great here. It's amazing here. And so sometimes we can live in a, a good situation and have jobs that are fairly stable and a family that kind of loves us and just we feel we feel pretty good about who we are and for us to live that life apart from Christ we say I don't feel all that bad I don't feel like I am in the domain of darkness I don't feel like I'm stuck here and yet the reality is spiritually you cannot get away from sin you cannot get away from sin some of you it's a lot easier right when you think of the domain of darkness, you think of your life before Christ. It was pretty obvious, right? It was pretty obvious where you were living and what you were doing and, and the sins that were around you. And you, you thought that they were your toys that you could play with and then walk away. And yet the reality was you were stuck there. And as much as you tried to change, you were just swapping one sin for another. You're, you're walking around and stuck there and you, you couldn't get away. And what does it say in Christ? What does it say? That He delivered us from the domain of darkness. Sometimes it's better for us to get a picture. And I think of the, uh, many of, uh, many of our church here and the people of this area are firefighters. And I, I picture this burning building with us inside. Knowing that our doom is coming, maybe feeling pretty comfortable in a, 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 a room that, that is nice and comfortable and secluded from the fire, and yet the, the flames are engulfing around us, and we realize that it's coming, and we say, i got to get out of here, but I can't get out of here. I can't. What, what the picture is, is that the Father sent the Son to come and to grab us out to pull us out of this domain of darkness, domain of darkness, and bring us out of that, bring us out of that. 
you know what it is to uh, finally be rescued, right? You, you get that feeling. That's the word there, rescued. That he rescued us from the domain of darkness. I picture uh, also ancient castles. And to be in a dungeon of one and realize that, yeah, we're eating, we're living, we're existing. There might even be other people there with us. But not having the freedom to get out, to know that we're stuck here. We're stuck. It says that the Father sent the Son. And the reason that He deserves our thanks is because He delivered us from the domain of darkness. You hear that? Isn't that great? Are you, are you packing these together here? The inheritance, the, the, the riches of the Father, that we have a share in that, we have a part in that, where we had none before. And then to add to that, that, that He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. He has brought us out. He has rescued us. Number three. Number three. This kind of is very much tied to my previous point. But he has given us a new residence, a new residence. It says in verse 13, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. I remember talking to one of the firefighters at Bear Valley Church before and he said, he was talking about what it is to be a firefighter as opposed to being a, a police officer. And he said, really, in an instance, he said, firemen don't have very good people skills. Present company excluded. Present company excluded. Um, and he said, what we do is we go into the fiery building, we drag people out, we save them, and then we leave them on the curb there, and then it's the police officer's job from there. Sorry, sorry to let you in on that right there. And some of you are looking at some of the police officers and firemen. Are you really serious? That went? I think about our scenario here where it talks about inheritance. He says he delivered us from the domain of darkness. But this is, the, this is so exciting. You, you got the, the castle with the dungeon that we were in. We couldn't get out of. And so we're, we're delivered out of there. But what do we do then? Where do we go? How do, how do we live? It says that he didn't just deliver us, but he transferred us. He transferred us. Where did he put us? Where did he place us? Look at what it says. Look at what it says. It's in the Bible if you're wondering. And transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. I think it's interesting that he says... In one, he says, you were once in the dominion of darkness, but now you're in the kingdom. Now you're in the kingdom. You're a free citizen in the kingdom of his beloved son, his beloved son. You now have a residence, a new residence, a new place to live. Isn't that beautiful? I think of uh, the times I have moved, uh, the times I've moved, I, it's always been a little chaotic. I don't know if I did that on purpose or if it's just the way it is. But I don't know if you've ever moved and you've gotten to that place where you realize you just can't move anymore. 
I'm not saying that, I'm saying while you're there, while you're there and you have to move, you, you get that look of despair when you, you're looking at all your stuff, you're looking at the U-Haul and you're saying, all this stuff has to get in there and I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I don't have the energy. I don't have the creativity. I don't have the unction. I don't have the brains. I, I just don't have it. I can't do it. There are a couple of times that even recently I've just felt like sitting there and just crying. I can't do it. <laughs> the picture here is, is that as, as part of the deliverance is God has backed up the U-Haul and he says, I will do it for you. I will do it for you. It's not about your brains. I got it taken care of. I think about our move uh, here and we had people the church at Petaluma, who did that for us there. And then we get here, and we're late, we're tired. You know, you alls don't go all that fast, especially with all our junk, especially up to 58. I don't know why that is. I know, I guess I understand those 18-wheelers that make us crazy all the time now, right? They're loaded down. But we got here, and you did it for us. You did it for us. In fact, in many ways, we didn't lift, lift a hand. I still don't know where some of my stuff is. <laughs> but I, 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 want you to, I want you to get this, this picture in your mind. It's super important. It's super important. That we didn't do it. That we didn't do it. We couldn't. We, we couldn't get ourselves out of the domain of darkness. And the idea of having a place in His kingdom... He did it for us. He moved us in. He placed us there in such a way that we could have never made that happen. He gave us a new residence. He brought us home. Brought us home. Number four. Number four. He really turns from this picture of light and darkness and one home to another, and he turns it to us individually. This kingdom of our beloved son, verse 14, in whom we have redemption, redemption. This word redemption uh, is a word that pictures us being redeemed. It's a sl- word of slavery. It's the word of purchase and the, the idea that God would purchase us and, and buy us. And this always brings picture and, and for us of self-esteem sometimes and worth. And, and I always struggle with that. I always struggle with that. And you say, well, why are you struggling with that? Simply because of this. It is not because God looked at me and said, you have such value, I can't let anyone else buy you because you are so valuable. Because the reality is, apart from Christ, the best I am is a wretched sinner. That there is no sense of worth on the open market and I am tossed from one sin to the other, from one slavery to the other. And yet the worth that I have in Christ is that He, he paid for me. He paid for me. He redeemed me. He bought me. And the idea that He bought me, uh, He got ripped off. <laughs> Right? You realize that, don't you? 
that he paid too much. He paid too much. You know, uh, I think all of us at one point or another have paid too much, right? Been frustrated, right? Somebody took us. And yet this is the hard difference that for us to understand is that the Father knew full well the state of my heart apart from Him. He knew about my sins, past, present, future. He knew about who I was and my weaknesses. He knew that I wasn't worth it. And there wasn't a sense of buyer's remorse even that as he redeemed me is that he continues in a love relationship committed to me and to my sanctification forever. That's hard for me to take in. That he redeemed me. He redeemed me. The fifth point. The fifth point. He says redemption. Redemption. The forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. So how many sins have you committed? In your lifetime. You don't have that good of a computer, do you? How about in the last month, in the last week, with the sins of your mind and your heart that nobody knows, the wicked thoughts that you have thought over and over again, the selfishness, the pride that you even had against the Lord. Think about those things. And as the scripture unpacks for us it says that I bought you, I redeemed you. And, and in the same swipe, the same transaction, the forgiveness of sins, the forgiveness of sins. The debt has been canceled. The debt has been canceled. That's the picture there. That Jesus has forgiven us. He has paid the, the debt that we had because of our sins. And what's so hard about that is that we don't know how to forgive one another. Is that we place God's forgiveness on the same line as our forgiveness. Has someone ever for, uh, uh, offended you? Sure, they've done some wicked things and I've forgiven them. But you want me to tell you exactly what they did? <laughs> they offended me with their words and I've, I've forgiven them. You know what they said? We have, this, we have this memory and this mind of, of remembering offenses and bringing them up over and over again. And we think, that must be the way God is. He's got a better memory than I do. And so he must treat my sins like that. He, he's forgiven me, kind of, but he still kind of holds me responsible. And he, he, when he thinks of me, he goes, oh, Kevin, you know, I've forgiven him, but what a loser. The things that he has done, the things that he is, the things he thinks about, that's not the forgiveness of God. It's not. It's a lavish, perfect forgiveness that Jesus paid for on the cross. Paid once and for all. I I think about our debts, our, our bills, if you will. And, uh, some of us are kind of forgetful. 
We forget to pay a bill every once in a while or we think that we forget to pay a bill every once in a while. And we're like, oh no. You, some, some of you wake up in the middle of the night and you say, did I pay that bill? You know, it's great uh, when you think you haven't paid a bill and you go and you find the canceled check or the receipt that says paid in full. You see, that's what he has done. And, and when we read in his word over and over again that he has forgiven us of our sins, guess what? He's forgiven us of our sins. But what, what, what if uh, what, he has forgiven you? Know, your mind's not good enough to sort this out. He has forgiven you of your sins if you've trusted in Christ. This morning, uh, we've gone through five things, and I hope they've been encouragement to you. There are really five words that really unpack the riches of the gospel. These five things are all in Christ. If you're not in Christ, these are not yours. These are not yours. The, you don't have these because uh, this is a gift of God. This is nothing you can work for. Some of you are good workers, and you do real well on accomplishing lists. This isn't what it is. It's a gift of God for nothing, for nothing, for nothing. There's no cost involved to you. There's no cost involved to you. Just call now. Just call now. It's for you. Just call upon the Lord now. He's still forgiving people today. It hasn't worn out. He he hasn't filled his quota. There's not an expiration. There's not an expiration of this offer. It's for you. Call now. Call now. Call upon the Lord. Let me pray and ask that God would help us to understand the riches that are found in Christ. And God, thank you for your word this morning. God, I ask that you would cause these words to be reminders and and prompters and expand our view of what you have done for us. And God, uh, forgive, forgive us for having such a small picture of you. God, you've been so good and it's hard for us to understand. God, I ask that you would um, work in our hearts if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you and walks as a beggar. God, I pray that they would find the riches that are found in you and you alone. God, thank you for this morning. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, as I mentioned before, is Reformation Sunday. And the Reformation uh, was about some key things. Uh, It was one of the, the basis for it was the Word of God. And this morning, we have really practiced what the Reformation was all about. We looked at God's word directly. We didn't look to a man or a church or anything else. We looked at God's word directly and we found the riches of the gospel. It's easy for us to talk about what we think about God, but when we see it in God's word and we see the riches, um, we can know for certain. We're going to sing one of the great uh, hymns of the Reformation, so please stand.
now and live in God's kingdom. May the words I say 